This is this is fine. This is fine. This, this is, is fine. fine. This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. This is a poor substitute for therapy, but an excellent substitute for other podcasts. We're not like other podcasts. Join us as we find the answers to the universe's biggest questions like, is butter a carb? Does crying burn calories? And what the fuck am I doing with my life? We're here to be your part-time therapist, astrologer, concierge doctor, and fairy godmother. Do you need someone to validate you today? Cool, cool, cool. Come on in. We're fine. This is fine. You guys... Today, we're going to talk about diarrhea. I'm serious. This is the highly requested poop episode. If that grosses you out or makes you uncomfortable, I'm not going to ask you to leave because I actually think you should hang out and try to overcome that discomfort. Everyone poops, you guys. It's as normal as breathing. But seriously, this is your trigger warning. Today's episode may or may not include an account of two girlies experiencing concurrent, simultaneous explosive diarrhea. You have been warned. Welcome back to episode 10 of This Is Fine. Are you feeling fine? Great. Excellent. As hot girl summer marches on, I couldn't not serve you up some more hot girl topics. All you hotties out there, do you have stomach problems? IBS, perhaps? Are you bloating for no reason? Trust, we've all been there. According to a statistic I'm making up literally right now, 100% of Americans have had a stomach problem at some point in their lives. This statistic goes up by 50% if you identify as a hot girl. But according to the board-certified gastroenterologist we're chatting with today, my guesstimations are actually not that far off, so take that, science. That's right. We're talking to an MD today, a certified hot doctor, Dr. Susan Case, MD, as well as a real live hot girl with IBS, my regulation hottie best friend, Olivia Luce. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with mesothelioma, this is not the episode for you. But if you or a loved one have ever dealt with bloating, digestive distress, constipation, upset stomach, diarrhea, hey Pepto-Bismol, IBS slash IBD, or an autoimmune disease affecting your GI tract, this is definitely the episode for you. Let's get down to it, shall we? Welcome, welcome. You guys, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, that's my cue. <laughs> <laughs> guys, this is going to go so well. I can't wait. It's going amazing. Okay, so I'm that was Olivia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, um, so Olivia, <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself <laughs> since uh, we're off to a great start? Hello. I'm Olivia, and I have IBS. <laughs> um, I, yes, I'm Olivia. I am Dom's best friend. We've known each other since, well, since our Pi-Fi days, specifically <laughs> when Dom was crying in the bathroom about one of her— It was a living room. No, it was a bathroom. You're I right. Remember it was the I was crying everywhere. Redone, <laughs> the bathroom was not yet redone, second floor. Yep. And you were crying about— uh, a boyfriend that I don't even remember his name, to be honest. Honestly, same. It's all irrelevant. But also, like, the fact that you're a cancer and you met your best friend while she was crying, crying in the bathroom. <laughs> On brand. Okay, back yes, to you, Susan. <laughs> yes. Hey, everyone. My name is Dr. Case. Um, I am a gastroenterologist, and my area of expertise is inflammatory bowel diseases and irritable bowel syndrome. I not only am a IBD, IBS warrior, but I too am both a physician and a sufferer. So I'm so excited to be talking about my very, very favorite subject matter, all, <laughs> thing poop, all things poop. Um, uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be talking about hot girl IBD, IBS summer. Let's do this, ladies. Yes. Okay. I'm so happy we have two certified hotties with IBS, IBD. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic way to kick this off. And just to get all the listeners up to speed, this whole concept of breaking taboos, normalizing these lived experiences, it's something that I've always wanted to do with this podcast. So if I have to do that by sharing some humiliating stories about my poop, then I will. But let's first talk about the trend at hand. This is something that really blew up on TikTok, made its way over to Instagram. The whole hot girls with stomach problems became hot girls with IBS. I'm going to read a couple quick excerpts. This first one is from Insider, and hopefully this brings you up to speed. All hot girls constantly farp. Sorry, I'm going to start over. <laughs> oh, fart is a new is a new concept. Fart and burp is one thing now. All right. It does happen. It does I happen. Like it. A, a farp. I like it. 
You should go yeah. with it. We should definitely just keep it. it. <laughs> <laughs> We're still rolling. Okay, okay. All hot girls constantly fart, burp, bloat, and suffer from constipation and diarrhea. That's according to TikTok, where it's become trendy for women to share their experiences of living with irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, a common digestive disorder. According to Insider, hashtag hot girls with IBS has garnered 11.8 million views on TikTok. And not only do these videos help raise awareness of the condition, TikTok commenters say that they are helping to normalize the idea that women, well, poop. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, second quick little <laughs> excerpt. We've got one from a blog called The Edge, author Alexa Morrissey. After suffering in silence for so long, people are now taking to social media proudly to banish the IBS stigma and step into their power, gas bloating and all. Decades of putting women upon the delicate flower pedestals, which perpetuated impossibly high standards of cleanliness and modesty, pushed the notion that girls don't poop and led to silence about defecation. But now women on TikTok with gut issues have had enough. I feel like that's a pretty good summary. I like it. No, I think so too. Definitely. I mean, IBS affects between 25 and 45 million people in the United States. And it's about time we start talking about it because I think there's such a stigma that people, male and females alike, are so embarrassed to talk about their bowel habits. And sometimes these patients think that this is the norm and it's not. These patients could also have um, what we call concerning alarm symptoms that warrant aggressive um, evaluation in a very timely fashion. So if you're so afraid to talk about it, you won't seek the medical help you need that could eventually lead to something, you know, catastrophic like um, a malignancy that leads to death. So I think it's great that people are going to social media, putting some humor behind it and starting up the conversation so that more sufferers that are suffering in silent silence rather, can find the help they need because it is a legitimate um, a legitimate disease and it, it does affect so many um, individuals' quality of life. Right. And about two in three IBS sufferers are female. Wow. Um, so that's quite astonishing. Yeah, so it mostly affects women. And what I got from what you mm-hmm. just said is that by talking mm-hmm. about poop, we're going to save some lives. Absolutely. Amazing. I love that. So these people who are suffering in silence, it seems like, you know, about a third are men, two-thirds women, not counting. A lot of this um, medical data doesn't include, you know, gender nonconforming. So I want to make sure we're we're feeling inclusive, but that's where the the data, yeah. Yeah, that's what the data we have thus far, of course. Um, As we progress into the future, we'll break it down further. Um, But interestingly, um, it's thought that only 10 to 15 percent um, of adults um, will actually reach out for further evaluation. Right. Wow. So it's very few people are reaching out. And it's a lot of women. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot of women. This trend is kind of coming back to the crumbling facade of girls don't poop, girls don't fart. And I know yeah. Olivia and I really um, face this every once in a while. We talk to our friend Patrice. Hi, Patrice. We're going to force you to listen. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the spot, Patrice. So we actually we talked to her ahead of time and we were like, would you listen to an episode about poop? And she was like, absolutely not. <laughs> She's going to listen oh, to it. Why not? Everybody should. Because as we said, everybody poops. Yes. Um, And all poop is not normal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but normalized poop, but not all poops are normal. It's like a a square. A square is a rectangle, but a rectangle isn't a square. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Something along those lines. For sure. Um, So it's so very important that we talk about this. I remember when I was in high school, I had a friend whose son was so traumatized when he found he was a young, he was like maybe like 10 years old was traumatized because he found out that his mom poops. Oh my God. He really thought that females were so <gasps> delicate and beautiful that they couldn't 
poop. They didn't make stinky poops. Oh so God. I was just like, wow. Like It's like a psychological right. phenomenon. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to recognize that like, okay, well, for one, the idea of what is femininity is very broad, but also the, right. the concept for those who ascribe to the more, I don't know, delicate, feminine, uh, you guys know what I'm saying, like yes. girly pop, princessy kind of feminine. Sure. Yeah. That and like pooping is obviously not mutually exclusive. Every single creature on this <laughs> earth has to defecate. Yes. <laughs> as, as my brother says, better out than in. Exactly. Like, also, no, actually. Shrek also says that. Does Shrek actually Shrek, say that? Oh, does he Shrek too? Okay. Says that. Love a good Shrek reference and yep. leave it to you to bring Absolutely. that up. Thank you, Olivia. <laughs> Your first podcast. You're doing amazing. Just adding some color <laughs> over <laughs> the side. <laughs> okay. So, Dr. K. Let's just recognize how common the not normal pooping, right? I mean, that's a very loose way of saying normal, not normal. But, you know, the conditions and symptoms of things like constipation, diarrhea, bloating, IBS, IBD. This is a really broad area, obviously. This is your area of expertise. Can we break down just how common this is? Yeah. So basically, like I said, IBS affects between 25 and 45 million um, people in the United States. Again, the most common being female, but only um, probably 5 to 15 percent actually seek out help. With that being said, so we need to clarify two acronyms. Okay. Um, IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. Mm -hmm. And IBD, which is inflammatory bowel disease. Okay. These are not the same things. These are completely two different disease processes. So IBD is one that is uh, thought to be um, a combination of an abnormal immune system with um, the individual having uh, genetics for that, along with e- environmental exposures that in a perfect storm bring to the fruition inflammatory bowel disease, which comes in two flavors, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. Wow. And that's treated with medications that actually suppress the immune system because it's the immune system that is acting abnormal and hyperactive where it's actually recognizing your respective digestive system as foreign and attacking it, leading to the two different entities. Ulcerative colitis only affects your colon, while Crohn's disease can affect any part of your GI tract, starting from your mouth all the way down to the lovely anus. Okay, (laughs) wow. So yes, so a lot of people confuse the two. They're not the same. Like I'll have patients come and say, I have IBD. Like, well, how do you know you have IBD? (laughs) Have you had a colonoscopy with biopsies? No. (laughs) Okay, well, um, it's a diagnosis made off of colonoscopy biopsies and obviously the symptoms that you have, which will lead us down that path to further evaluate for such. Now, with IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome, That itself comes in three flavors. It comes in IBS, uh, dominant uh, constipation, IBS, dominant uh, diarrhea, or IBS mixed. That is, they have both constipation and diarrhea. Oh, it's like on, off, on, off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And so this is more what we believe is due to the gut brain access dysfunction. Okay. So it's treated very, very differently than inflammatory bowel disease. It is not treated with medications that suppress your immune system. Okay. Um, so the things that we look at when um, we are trying to figure out what is driving this patient's irritable bowel syndrome, is it something environmental, meaning mm. is it a heightened degree of stress from something? Is it something related to one's diet? Um, you've heard like uh, the FODMAP diet. Right. Um, it's a hard diet. You know, you should change. <laughs> yeah, it it's a hard diet, yeah. yeah. But it's a misnomer and we'll talk about that. Okay. And then is it something that your own um, microbiome is not in balance, meaning the good guy, bad guys are off balance and not in a symbiosis living symbiotically in which we need to correct that. Okay. So there's, it could be one of those three things driving it, or it could be all three. And that's up to finding the right 
physician to feel comfortable enough to talk to and who's going to take the time to listen to the patient instead of minimizing um, their symptoms. And I've had patients come in and say, you're like the fifth doctor I've seen. Every doctor says it's all in my head Mm -hmm. and drink more water and just eat more healthy. And and it's not all, it, it's not all in their head and there are things that we can do and they're just so relieved and grateful when we can finally um do the work up accordingly and figure out what's driving the IBS totally so that's a little bit of a <laughs> crash course <laughs> there. a crash course on IBS IBD which we should get out of the way very early yeah. so we don't confuse anybody as we go further along in this um in this amazing podcast <laughs> about IBS and <laughs> thank you so much for that clarification that was really helpful for me and I know Olivia in a little bit we'll get more into her very specific diagnosis as well Before we dive too deep into the diagnoses, I would love to get your take on a syndrome or something that's diagnosable versus maybe a passing fleeting experience, or maybe I just have kind of a little bit of a sensitive stomach, but I don't have, you know, full-blown IBS. How does someone tell the difference between those things? I I think it's hard to tell the difference. I think what happens is, you know, when we make diagnosis of IBS or IBD, we start asking about bowel habits from when they were a child through their present. And we ask them, you know, what's what do you define as your normal bowel habits? Maybe you've been having this for a very long time and thought this is normal. Some people think diarrhea all the time is normal, or some people think only pooping once every five days is normal. That is not normal, people. No. And gosh. diarrhea around the clock is not normal either. Right, right, right. <laughs> so there's specific criteria for both um, to make that diagnosis. And there's a workup that needs to happen um, in order to distinguish between the two. As an individual, just basing them off your symptoms. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, I went to Dr. Google Mm -hmm. and this is what I have. Listen, Dr. Google did not go to medical school. Dr. Google did not do residency, Mm -hmm. did not do advanced fellowship training. Dr. Google does not know 100% what it is talking about. So I think seeking out a physician um, that you find um, you can get a good relationship with who will listen to you and do the workup accordingly is your best route. Don't suffer in silence. There are physicians like me out there. That's important to remember because like you were saying, like there are physicians who will say, no, you're just stressed or you just need more water. Yeah. And I think that's why Dr. Google comes into play because Dr. Google doesn't say it's all in your head. (laughs) It's giving you a diagnosis. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, it's important just to find, seek out the, seek out attention. Let your primary care doctor know. Do you know that um, it's the seventh? IBS is actually the seventh most common diagnosis a primary care physician makes, wow. and they'll try to treat the patients with IBS. You know, but they just know. They know so much about a lot of things, but it's hard for them to master everything. So that's when they try a few things and maybe it doesn't work out. So they're like, listen, I've tried what I know in my toolbox. I'm going to send you down to the uh, gastroenterologist to get uh, more help and uh, evaluation. And remember, in GI, it's in, in the field of gastroenterology. There are areas of specialty, such as irritable bowel syndrome. There's specific specific dedicated physicians for such as there is for inflammatory bowel disease. Those are my two areas of expertise. Um, So you want to find those doctors. Those are the ones that that's their, their baby. That's why they go into medicine and that's where they can be most impactful. Amazing. And that's a perfect segue because I want to talk to both of you about, you know, your personal experiences and Dr. Case, Mm -hmm. I know your personal experience is how you got into your specialty. Can you walk us through that experience and how it led you to medical school and now specializing? Yeah, absolutely. So 
Uh, growing up, uh, I had a younger brother who was actually unfortunately diagnosed with inflammatory bowel disease, specifically ulcerative colitis at a very, very young age. Oh, poor thing. Pan ulcerative, yeah, pan ulcerative colitis at six years oh old. Gosh. And I was first familiarized with inflammatory bowel disease, watching my brother and family struggle and he, and him struggle. And it was just so frustrating. And at that time, the only thing they had for inflammatory bowel diseases was prednisone. So my brother was taking so much prednisone. He was blowing up like a balloon. I remember my brother always being hungry and waking up in the middle of the night and telling my mom, I'm hungry, from the I'm hungry. And Ugh. from the steroids. Yeah. And my mom didn't realize and no one ex- took the time to really explain to her what steroids do that it will heighten your 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 need and your hunger. Right. And she would tell him, we all just ate dinner. Like you should be fine. Yeah. And it wasn't in, go to sleep. And now, you know, she was like, now I know that steroids make make people hungry. And right. I feel so bad. I used to yell at your brother oh. for being hungry. I didn't know. So, so that kind of was my first introduction to inflammatory bowel disease. And then I went on to undergrad at the University of Michigan, go blue, <laughs> where I further was more interested and continued my um, interest in inflammatory bowel diseases. Then went to medical school at Wayne State in Detroit, then went to Chicago for my internal medicine training at um, the University of Illinois at Chicago Medical Center, where I finally decided that I wanted to go into and specialize in IBD. But taking it a step back, when I was an undergrad at the University of Michigan, at the end of my first year, beginning of my sophomore year, I started having the same symptoms as my brother at 17 years wow. old because I started I started at the University of Michigan at 16. So Dang, girl. I was like, oh, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. I was very, very young. Yeah. I started having severe abdominal pain. I started having bloody diarrhea. Mm. I was having excessive weight loss and... Um, my mom took me to the same treating gastroenterologist that took on my brother's case. And unfortunately, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis um, at 17 wow. years old. Yeah, I was going to say mm-hmm. everything you're, you're talking about. It sounds like yep. UC. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it was awful. I, I remember trying to jog on campus and, you know, trying to stay healthy. And then all of a sudden, you... You, your stomach starts growling and cramping and you're way far from home and you have the urgency to have a bowel movement. The trots. Yes, the trots. <laughs> you know, there's been many, many a lost battles of undergarments to say the least. Yep. <laughs> Olivia and I have a In story for you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then I was diagnosed myself. And so that brings the familiarity for me with the disease. So when patients come to see me, they're like, you don't understand. Yes, I actually, actually because yeah. I've been through all of it. Wow. And so that started my personal journey with inflammatory bowel disease and my interest and also suffering um, with it, but not becoming a victim to it, actually using it as a tool to, and a tradition you know, a tool to push me to want to help others and myself um, and my brother in learning more about the disease process and um, just how we can overcome IBD and not become a victim to it, but use it as our our a superpower, if you will. So yeah. I really, for me at this point in time in my life, I say my IBD is my superpower, believe it or not. Love it. And that's got to also bring an incredible level of empathy after watching your closest loved one go through it, then going through it yourself and now seeing your patients. Mm-hmm. Like you really do mm-hmm. feel what they feel on a very literal level. Yes. Yes, exactly. The things that, the things that they're coming in concerned about or they don't even know yet to be concerned about I already have the insight because I've already been there I've already 
tasted what they're tasting. I've already suffered. Um, and it wasn't that I had just very mild disease. I had disease to the point where I was hospitalized and was at a crossroads um, in my mid-20s that the tr- my um, treating gastroenterologist sitting in a hospital bed said, you know, Susan, we have to take your colon out. Oh my God. And I was like, uh, I really would like to keep my colon. No, thank you. Please. <laughs> Is there an option to pass? <laughs> yeah, please and thank you. Um, and it was during my res- my internship wow. in Chicago. And um, I was like, excuse my French, holy shit, how am I going to do this? (laughs) And, you know, with the sheer support of another gastroenterologist who said, Susan, like, you're young, you have this optimistic personality, you can get through this. And so with the love and support of my mom, my brother, my father, and that of my gastroenterologist, he was patient with me, patient with the disease. And I took things one day at a time. And that's why I try to tell patients this disease didn't happen overnight. Right. It's not like an infection. We're going to give you medication and it's going to go away overnight. But I promise you with patience and time in my care, I can get you back to the point where the only time you remember having the disease is actually when you have to take your maintenance medication. Wow. So that's where we are with IBD. And the same thing with IBS. It's just getting to the right getting to the right um, treating physician, honestly. Amazing. Thank you. And, I, and I, you're welcome. So Olivia, as a hot girl with IBS as well, I would love for you to also share your experience with stomach problems. When did they start? And was it the same time you became hot? <laughs> Definitely the same time I became hot. <laughs> they, they go hand in hand for sure. Walk us through so, it. Okay. So I developed... IBS. Actually, I was a senior in college. It was our second semester senior year. I was taking taking an antibiotic called uh, doxycycline, which is like a super mm-hmm. common antibiotic. Um, it's super commonly treat, prescribed. Yeah. yeah. Like vi- it mm-hmm. treats wide range of things. Like I'm pretty sure it treats chlamydia. Going on the record and saying mm-hmm. I did not have chlamydia. <laughs> this, but it's okay I, if you did, you know. Yeah, it sh- it shit happens in college. Exactly. But, Literally. No, I was using it. I was treating mild acne because vanity. Yeah. And um, yeah, I would say I don't. I honestly details are fuzzy about if it was like immediately after or how long I was on the doxy before I started noticing symptoms that went untreated and like undiagnosed for a while. I would say, like, at least, like, a couple years. I wasn't really sure. I mean— Right. Did you say senior year of high school or college? College. Sorry. College. Okay, so we had already—yeah. So we were in—yeah. It was—I probably started taking, like, February, and by May, it was like, what the hell is going on here? (laughs) So then I think it was, like, a few years—probably a couple years later, I finally got diagnosed with IBS— dash D, which is like the diarrhea one. And that's basically Mm -hmm. like I was having diarrhea more than like 15 days a month, like things like that, where it was like, clearly this is not normal. Normal amount of rea. Yeah, this is not not right. (laughs) Um, So I mean, since then, I feel like I've really gotten it under management for the most part. I definitely have like serious triggers where I still bloat and that's like 100% food related. Mm -hmm. More of a sensitivity. Yes, exactly. But I will never give up my favorite food. So that's just kind of like... <laughs> Jesus' like, life. I'm just going to live with this, right? Like, you kind of just... You, uh, Pick your battles. Degree, yeah, you learn to live with it to a certain degree. Yeah. And then, like, finding the right kind of probiotics that worked for me, the right... There's definitely foods that I have to completely avoid, like raw... I know you're the same way with red onion, raw red onions. Yeah, that's my migraine I touch trigger. Those, yeah. Game I'm over. Dead. Game over yeah. with raw red onions. That's um, yeah. <laughs> my kryptonite. <laughs> I will be out of commission. If you ever become a superhero, I'll know I'll just. Yeah, exactly. And I become Give a, a red then, onion. Then, <laughs> She'll be blind for days. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um, yeah. So, it was like the good Lord said, you've become too hot for your own good. Too hot. I'm going to give us some diarrhea. Yeah, it was, I'm it so was sorry. the doxycycline that put her over the edge. <laughs> Shoot. I know, right? Like, it is pretty crazy. And it's like you don't think about things that you're putting in your body. Like, 
when you're 21 especially. Yeah. I was like, this is just an antibiotic. What's this going to do to me? And then right. lo and behold, it completely, like, changed. Disrupted your whole Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. I never had—like, my sister still is—I feel like we're a perfect case study of someone who has it and then someone who doesn't. Yeah. Of, like, she Hi, never bloats. <laughs> yeah, hey, Liz. She never bloats. Like, nothing can eat anything she wants. And then I'm over here, like, fucking dying from a red onion. Like— <laughs> <laughs> cool. I mean, no. cheese and dairy. T- yeah. Like, I will say last night, um, another shout out. Hey, Ashley. Uh, <laughs> we went for a walk and we w- got kale salads and ice cream. Like, great combination. Oh, and no. those are like a kale oh, and dairy. <laughs> and I Susan's like, yes. no. You, yes. you guys are a ticking time. Yeah, I know, right? She's Literally like, you're a sadist. I God yeah. help you. Right. Like, two of the biggest <laughs> IBS triggers. Um, and those food enzymes that Haley told us about. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Hales. This yeah, is like the third time seriously. I've said hello to Haley on the I, podcast. I feel like we've just said like hi to everyone <laughs> in this episode. Yeah, um, but those enzymes are great. Those enzymes honestly saved my life. When great. I know I'm going to have a meal like that, that's like, I mean, kale is like so hard to Kale digest. is a death blow to yeah. your intestines. Yeah. And then dairy in <laughs> general, which I pretty much avoid besides cheese and yeah. like the occasional ice cream. Yeah, I was, for the, I was a little uncomfortable, but for the most part, like, Totally nice. fine. If I would have probably not had those enzymes, I would have been, like, up all night, yeah. realistically. Okay, that, that's a perfect segue. Mm-hmm. Thank you for bringing up, you know, enzymes and management. So there are two things that I would love Dr. Case to comment on. One, mm-hmm. the antibiotics, and two, some treatments. I feel like maybe starting with the antibiotics, like, is that something that yeah. you've seen a lot of patients come in after they've taken, you know, I don't want to scare people away from medication, but no, to be more mindful— not. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely antibiotics can definitely disrupt your microbiome. And um, if you've been on a chronic chronic antibiotic, it can definitely disrupt your microbiome to the point where it can possibly tip you into irritable bowel syndrome. And even things like um, if you have like a viral gastroenteritis mm. and let's say the viral gastroenteritis resolves, right? And you're like, okay, I'm feeling good, getting back to normal. But that's when patients can come in with post-infectious irritable bowel syndrome. Oh, and kind of like an aftermath. We, mm-hmm, okay. An aftermath. And we don't really know if it's there to stay wow. or if it will eventually subside. Only time will tell. Okay. So then when you're talking about irritable bowel syndrome and how does one treat it, we have to go back and look at what are the possible culprits. So like we mentioned, that gut-brain access dysfunction, the um, dysfunction. So is that what's driving it? So we want to ask about, is there personal stressors in your life? Are you, like I had a patient like say, you know, I have diarrhea every time I go to work, but when I'm on vacation, I feel perfect. Right. Mm. Well, it sounds like your culprit is your job. So what is it about your job that you don't like? It's stressful. Mm -hmm. So maybe we need to either change our job and or figure out coping mechanisms by seeing a behavioral um, therapist or a psychologist, right? So there's one. So then the other thing is for a lot of people, they say, well, geez, when I eat, like you guys said, red onions, Mm -hmm. like I have explosive, uncontrollable. (laughs) Volcano. I mean, volcano, (laughs) eruption, (laughs) diarrhea. Good good night and goodbye, everyone. Um, Detonation. (laughs) Yeah, may the force be with you. So then we have to go and say, okay, let's find out if indeed there are food items that are triggering your IBS. So we have patients trial what's called the FODMAP diet. Now, again, this is a misnomer, meaning it's really not a diet to be done long term. Ah. It should be done with the help uh, the guidance rather of a dietitian or nutritionist. Right. Hear me out because it's super complicated. It's so hard. I'm a, it's so, it doesn't like you can look at so many different sources. I'm a physician and even I can't figure out sometimes the foundation of it. So I send, I give my patients the option like, hey, do you want to try to do this at home by yourself? Or would you rather have me set you up with a nutritionist mm-hmm. or a dietitian to walk you through what you need to? Because it's not something, you're, you're not supposed to avoid all those foods. It's, it's an elimination right. 
trial. It's like a puzzle. So we're figuring out. It's like a puzzle. Yeah, exactly. So we're taking are. all these things. Exactly. We're taking all these different things away and then we're starting to bring them in slowly. We're keeping a food journal to find out what is it from these items that usually we think are pretty healthy, like garlic, right. onions, berries. Uh, berries, uh, fruits, uh, you name it. There's so many things like, oh my God, I have to avoid all these for the right. rest of my life. No, 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 that's wrong. Yeah. That's wrong. Because that's it's, so overwhelming. It's, it's, I, I was yeah, on it for like so a short period of time. And I, yeah, I like cried but in my kitchen. It, you couldn't eat anything. <laughs> yeah, but it's, See, that's what's happening is people aren't realizing that it's not a diet. It's just a trial to try to identify items that may be triggering. So okay. um, I had a patient, I'll give you an example. I had a patient say, ah, oh, doc, you know, I'm smart. I'm young. I can figure this out. I can get an app. I can read dot, 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 you know, typical millennial. <laughs> and uh, I have them come back to the office in about six to eight weeks. And they're like, shit, doc, that was so hard. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what the heck I was doing. Yeah. I need to see a nutritionist. Yep. Okay. Finally, go to a nutritionist and um, they do the trial and um, the patient comes back and says, you wouldn't believe what is my trigger. And I said, what? They said, watermelon. I have this watermelon salad every freaking day. No way. Yeah. Yes. And it was the watermelon. That's crazy. Um, and you'd never think that. They, they, no, they took the watermelon away and his IBS was resolved. Dang. So. This patient's IBS was driven by the food, by, by watermelon. So it was a food so sensitivity, now, yeah. It's a food sensitivity. It wasn't a gut-brain access dysfunction. Okay. It wasn't an imbalance in their microbiome. It was specifically a food. Once they eliminated it, the IBS subsided. Now, this patient was like, Doc, but I love watermelon. <laughs> it's like, but it's killing you. It's killing you. <laughs> well, it's not really killing you, but you know what I mean. Like it's most really passionate relationships. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's killing you slowly. No, um, it's really disrupting the quality of your life. And I said, well, here's the thing. Now you know what your trigger is. Mm -hmm. If you're going to eat such realize that this is, these are the clinical manifestations. These are the outcomes. This is what you, uh, these are the outcomes. Yeah. And if you're okay with it, then okay, by all means, eat it. It's, it's not going to kill you really. So that's the other thing about irritable bowel syndrome and inflammatory bowel disease. Irritable bowel syndrome does not increase your relative mortality, meaning okay. it does not increase your risk of cancer or death. It is more of a quality of life issue. But I mean, your quality of life is so horrific. Right. If you can't find what's driving it, you feel like you're dying, right? Totally. So we don't want to minimize that. But with inflammatory bowel disease, untreated inflammation that goes around goes along increases one's risk for colon cancer. So there's mm. the difference. IBD okay. increases your mortality. That's why it's very important to for both, but for IBD to get on the appropriate therapy to reduce inflammation. Okay. Good so to know. then going, yeah. So then going back to the IBS. So then the third category, like Olivia mentioned, is your microbiome. Like right. is your microbiome all screwed up because of, you know, some people come in, it's not because of an antibiotic. They come in with a laundry list of over-the-counter, I don't know uh, what, I'm taking this and this yeah. and this. And, and we have to remember, guys, that these over-the-counter supplements um, or things that we're seeing on TikTok yeah. and or Instagram or or whatever, so whatever platform are not F, they're not regulated. Uh, they're not regulated right. at all or inspected right? or evaluated oh, for yeah. being clean so exactly so that could disrupt um in addition to antibiotics could disrupt your microbiome um so it's on us to uh identify that and so there are things that we can do as physicians with probiotics that have science behind them right. and then also um, medications that we can use that have been FDA approved right. 
for the treatment of irritable bowel syndrome, diarrhea predominance, um, which is called uh, Zyfaxin, okay. um, which was an antibiotic that was originally designed for traveler's diarrhea that's only absorbed in your small bowel. You can't develop a resistance to it. Interesting. And yep. And so I will... Do so. It's uh, approved for um, taking this medication three times a day for 14 days to try to get your microbiome back in order. And some patients initially, when they start taking the the Zyfaxin, they're like, "Holy shit!" I literally, felt, <laughs> literally felt better. I mean, you know, we're talking about poop, so we might as well get to say shit on the exactly. on here, right? Come on, it goes, it goes with the territory. Or bring on okay? the shit. <laughs> bring on the shit. Let the shit roll. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and usually it rolls down and not up, but you know, on some, on some occasions. <laughs> um, so yeah, so um, so it can be treated. So for. 14 days, so patients will either start it and be like, have immediate response to it, or they finish the course and they're like, I thought I wasn't going to have a response, but then like a week later, wow, it finally kicked in. And you can do this course of antibiotics, the FDA has approved it for, you can t- do a 14 day course twice a year for irritable bowel syndrome, diarrhea predominance. Okay, wow. So you can have one of those three things causing your IBS or two, or all three. And it's up to the physician and the patient to sort that out. Okay, so it's case by case. It's case by case. But those are the three major contributors. Okay. But did you guys know, that? which this is the most, it's not surprising, but it still to me is surprising, is that do you know the number one treatment uh, for IBSs? No. Tough it out. It's have <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. No, I'm kidding. Absolutely not. Don't eat. Don't eat tough it out. <laughs> um, that's what we're. That's what us physicians are here for. Like me. Um, no. It's actually. It's actually. It's actually establishing a healthy patient physician relationship is what ultimately results in improvement being heard, listened to, yeah. acknowledged, validated, and not, totally validated yeah. not minimized. Sure. So like initially I'll see patients on a very regular basis because we're trying to figure this out. Right. Once, once we figure it out and once they know they have a doctor that is listening to them, is validating them, not minimizing them, we hit the nail on the head and guess what guys? I don't see them again for a very long time unless wow. something something happens to them and triggers it um, and they we want to make sure or there's something different with their symptoms than were before, but I don't see them ever again. So it's not a matter, which really, really frustrates me is a lot of times physicians will want to blow these patients off. Right. They're like, okay, come on. I don't want to deal with this. It's like crybaby. No, it's not a crybaby. These are real symptoms that these mm-hmm. patients need help. And if you give them the appropriate time, attention, workup, they can get better. And then, you know, they're, they're off to the races. Wow. Validation is medicine. You heard it here exactly. from a doctor. Yes. <laughs> yes. We love to hear it. You're really doing the Lord's work. Do, yes. You really are That's doing right. the Lord's work right now. I love this. Okay. So we also brought up those enzymes, which are really popular right now. Oh. Not just the ones that we're taking, but we got them from like a specific like we care spa. But I know that in general, yeah. and I'm, I know you've seen what this like these, all over TikTok. What are these? En- what are these? Honestly, I have not. What are these enzymes? I've been a little bit off of my TikTok game because I've been <laughs> it's probably moving. for the best. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have TikTok. No, I so. love yes. my TikTok source of information. You got to know what's going up, what's going on out there on the streets. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, I'll give you the lowdown. Basically, okay. These have become a very, very popular supplement, and I'm guessing it's because of the popularity, or not popularity, but the rise in awareness around IBS, yeah. IBD, food sensitivities. They're enzymes that help you digest your food. I have mixed feelings because okay. I don't want. I personally don't want to have to take a pill to eat food. Like that to me just like doesn't sit right. But I also can see the purpose, right? Like Olivia just said she took these when she was having the kale and the ice cream and she didn't have, you know, volcano Seriously, night. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I, I feel like it's not something that you want to take for All the every time. meal. Yeah. I know I take them when I know I'm going to have a really heavy meal or something that 
usually upsets my stomach. Yeah. Okay. So do we know what is in these uh, enzymes, ladies? I'm guessing probably like, what is it? Bromelain? Like from pineapple? Yeah, bromelain. Um, so, yep. Is so it dandelion? Exactly. Well, no, dandelion's for... Uh, yeah, it's not an enzyme. Loading, right? But it's like a root. Yes. Yeah. Something that's with yeah. the sea. Honestly, I read the ingredients and I was like, I have no idea. I'm going to look this up while you're talking. Okay. <laughs> so basically, so... um. If you take one of these, like if you're taking one of these supplements, I guess, so bromelain is derived from a pineapple and it mm-hmm. can be used to aid in digestion. It's not going to hurt you. So why are you taking a pill? Not Why don't just you just eat pineapple? Ooh. Um, and there's also added benefits from um, cantaloupe, for example. Oh, I've got the ingredients helping... if you want them. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Yep, sure. Um, yep, go for it. Amylase, um, neutral... Pro, neutral protease, proteus, mm-hmm. protease, okay, uh-huh. <laughs> um, lactase, lipase, cellulase. So it sounds like enzymes with all the A's. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then uh, it says all ingredients are plant-based, non-GMO, organic, no artificial flavors or stabilizers. Take three to five okay. capsules with each meal. Oof. Okay. So basically <laughs> you just take, <laughs> so basically what you're doing is just uh, taking a little bit more of the natural enzymes that your body would produce naturally. Okay, basically. you're just giving it a boost. You're giving it a little bit of a boost. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay I'm glad we're not taking anything crazy. Super fucking random. Though. Yeah, I mean, right. Haley right. recommended it, so it's got to be legit. I trust Haley. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> so yeah, so if you're having like a really, really a heavy meal or something that you feel could cause some GI distress. Um, taking uh, the those kind of kinds of enzymes won't necessarily, you know, should be okay for the most part. But um, you want to discuss it with your treating physician always. Okay. Um, but if you want a more natural and you want to get those ingredients actually as natural as one can, for sure, always just <laughs> eat. Just eat pineapple. Okay. Okay. Wait, I have a question because I get IBS symptoms from from pineapple pineapple and also cantaloupe immediately. Cantaloupe, I'm like, oh, really? Gotta go. So for you, those two, you should avoid, right? (laughs) Which I do. I completely do, which is really sad. I can have. Because you love pina coladas. Yeah, and a doll whip. Oh my God. I mean, a pina colada, it depends because if it's blended like that, it's it's the actual, like, like, physically eating of the pineapple. But cantaloupe. Mm -hmm. I haven't touched cantaloupe in years. Because You're not missing much. Oh, yeah. I know, right? It's kind of like a sad fruit. I think like in America, it doesn't taste good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Honeydew? Not as more dew, less honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For real, though. <laughs> okay, so like unless it's a sensitivity, you could be eating like melon or pineapple to just boost your digestion yeah. if you just need mm-hmm. a little boost. Or, yeah, or you could be taking in ginger or peppermint. Those are yeah. all all very soothing um, f- to the GI tract. Okay. I crush ginger. Yeah, ginger. To the point there where my go. mom came over. This was maybe like six months ago. I just always have like ginger chews and yeah. like yeah. crushed ginger. She came over and straight up asked me if I was pregnant and feeling um, <laughs> nauseous. Yeah, I'm feeling nauseous. And I was like, no. Because that's, no. <laughs> that's, what we give, that's what we give pregnant females when a lot of times when they're feeling nauseous because we don't want to give them the like zofran during yeah. yeah if we can get away with just his ginger why the heck not right and ginger is like such a wonder drug in like a plant it is. <laughs> love, love, love. it is amazing I can't agree more so we covered some really good ground like medically and yeah. logistically now mm-hmm. in the spirit of breaking even more stigmas um, as we've been doing this whole time getting women comfortable talking about pooping I would love for you guys to just share some stories. Um, who wants oh to get a, kick it off first? Oh, my gosh. I will kick it off okay, first. Great. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So <laughs> what I wanted to say was, so before we go on, is that we've talked about IBD and IBS um, as separate entities. Right. But a person can have IBD and overlapping IBS. Ouch. You can have both, which I have both. Oh, no. Yes. You know, the Lord gives and the Lord takes. (laughs) He just has to humble this hot woman. It's not always good with both hands. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So here I am. He made us hot. At least I'm pretty. Oh, my God. I I can't. Exactly. I can't believe I'm going to share this story. But this story literally, literally just happened to me. Oh, my God. Like a week ago, uh, on Saturday, no, yeah, less than a week ago. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh, this is so embarrassing, but I'm going to share it just because 
in the in this you know in the space of uh you know living our authentic lives yes. and being very transparent um so uh, me and my girlfriend, uh, we were in Nashville, Tennessee for a speaker's uh, training conference, um, learning about a new medication that's coming out for the treatment of inflammatory um, bowel disease by AbbVie. So on theme. And <laughs> so on point, right? <laughs> and we're like, what are we, we finished the day and we had some time to kill before going to the airport. We're like, you know what? We're in Nashville. We need to get us some hot spicy hot chicken. chicken or like heck yeah <laughs> Hello, i know where nashville. this is going when in nashville eat the spicy chicken yeah so we we are told to go to this amazing uh uh spot called bj's hot chicken okay and we go there with our suitcases and all and we're like super excited uh we order our hot, spicy chicken meals and, you know, we're enjoying them. They were delicious. And then we're like, hmm, what about some of their homemade ice cream? I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a the hot kiss of death. Day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll be fine. I'll be yes. fine. Okay. Eating my ice cream. You know, we do a little selfie Instagram uh, post with this really cute uh, BJ's hot chicken wing wall thing. We get into our Uber. And okay, we're only 11, guys, okay, we're only 11 minutes away from the airport. No. We're in the airport. My stomach starts growling and oh, I'm no. thinking to myself no oh I know shit. the feeling <laughs> I was like oh shit I have chills like, I was like oh no am I gonna make it it's and happening I'm dying it's happening inside internally I'm not even telling my friend yet but inside I'm like it's happening the like panic the panic like oh. in bridesmaids yes, yes. yes. it's happening <laughs> so, oh my said, god my friend looks at me she goes um she goes Susan are you okay because I <laughs> you're like sweating like I'm like sweating <laughs> oh, shit. and by the way my my friend's name is Carly hi Carly I love you <laughs> and so that Uber driver goes um we're which which airline um are you ladies taking? And I was like, I'm on Delta. And she's like, I'm on Southwest. And I was like, which one comes first? <laughs> Get me out of this car. Exactly. He goes, well, it's a small airport. I'll put you guys right in the middle. No. <laughs> like, <okay>. No. <laughs> Good luck. My friend, was like, my friend was like, please just drop us off closest to her, <laughs> her location. <laughs> So we get out. I give her a hug. I was like, I have to go. I gotta go. I know. No hugs. Just run. No hugs. I love you. Bye. Hot chicken was hot all the way through. (laughs) And then that ice cream. Oh my God. I think that was the tipping point, ladies. The the true cherry on top. The kiss of death. So I'm like, have this panic in my face. And I see the first airport representative, like, sir, bathroom. Downstairs to the left. I was like, oh Sprinting. my God, I am not going to. I was like, Lord, 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 please. My cheeks don't fail me. My cheeks don't <laughs> fail me now. It's <laughs> like, down, okay, I'm going down the escalator. It's like, I can't run down the escalator. I'm like squeezing my butt cheeks so tightly. Oh my God. And you know, when you see the bathroom at the end, you see the light at the end of the tunnel and then your anal anal is like oh my god relief please tell me you made it to the toilet please i did not make no So technically you did make it. I feel like this is a success story. I did not make it. I lost an underwear. (laughs) 
Did, I hope you threw away that underwear. I sure did. It was <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> R.I.P. Underwear. R.I.P. We've lost some yes, good underwear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fallen soldiers. Like, Pour some out. <laughs> my, uh, my friend was like, Carly, she was like, well, it was well worth it. I said, I would have to agree. Oh, <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Sometimes yeah. you just got to do it. Yeah. You just didn't know it's, it's You're coming, just like, right? You take your ch- and I, do you know what's really funny, you guys? When I came in to the Nashville airport, and I always am looking for restrooms. You know, as an IBD, IBS warrior, I like to know where the restrooms oh, are yeah. at all yeah. times. You got to ID and them I'm immediately. Like, we're I have to ID access. them. Where the hell are they? And so I was like, oh my gosh, I noticed that there were not enough readily available restrooms. And I was concerned. See, yeah. rightfully so, I didn't make it to the restroom. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just started so, seeing like an in memoriam, like flash before my eyes of like all the fallen underwear soldiers. <laughs> Absolutely. I need to, I need to piggyback off that real, like, okay, I wasn't going to tell it. this story because Dom and I have like a combo story that yeah, I feel like we, we should tell after, but oh, this one the is grand finale. arguably Again, yeah. one of my top three worst moments with IBS. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Here it goes. <laughs> Shout out to my husband, Bryn. He was there for this one. Okay. So we had come back. We had just done a road trip from uh, Salt Lake City, or like Deer Valley area, and to South Dakota, saw mm-hmm. Mount Rushmore, did a national park. I this. We had come back. We had some time at my parents' house in Deer Valley. So we are like, all right, let's go do a little walk hike situation and of course on a road trip you're eating just a bunch of snacks I don't I honestly don't even remember what I had eaten that day but it was like (laughs) chips it was things that way too much junk food I guarantee combos like you know combos they're like stuffed yeah little pretzel things stuffed with cheese those were definitely so good so 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 good but they're like bullets to your gut oh yeah (laughs) like I mean anything that you can find at a gas station or a convenience store is gonna be awful for you it's gonna result in toilet time it's just not gonna be good (laughs) yeah so we're on this lovely walk and probably about like we're walking in one direction and my stomach starts just like completely cramping up and I kind of was like okay no it's fine it's fine we're gonna turn around I'm gonna be fine sometimes this happens right so we turn around, it's getting worse and worse and worse to the point where I can like barely breathe, breathe, yeah. barely step. And I turned to Brandon and I said, there's no way I'm making it to a bathroom. Like I am not making it to a bathroom. So we're on <laughs> this happening. path. It is it's it's happening. It, we're on this path. It is. So it is like fields. It is fields on either side, but you can see a main road. It's an amber and waves of people, grain. There's people. Like we have oh, passed no. many people. No, I would say we passed at least 10 to 15 people. No. And like in either direction we were walking. And I said, he was like, Olivia, there might be a bathroom like in that barn up there. Can you make it to the barn? I said, absolutely not. <laughs> no. I'm not making it to that barn. No. So I was like, you know what, Bryn? You got to watch me. I have to go to the bathroom. Oh <laughs> and we've talked about this since. And he's like, walk. and he's like, um, what was I supposed to do if someone like walked by? Like, <laughs> sorry, my wife's just shitting in a stream right now. So yeah, we find a stream. Oh my I, god! So I pull oh down my, my pants. Bryn refers. To, this is like maybe too graphic. Bryn refers to this poop as the poop pancake. It just, <laughs> it just went full like flat no. into this like. The stream with no water. No, so, no. so I poop. I stand up, and I'm looking at it. I was like, "Oh God!" Like, <laughs> I was like, "Maybe people will think it's an animal poop." And Brin goes, "There is no way anyone is gonna like. People are gonna walk by and be like, what is that?'" It's Satan's so I, work. So I take. <laughs> this is truly the cherry on top. I take a rock. And no. I just stick a rock on top of, on top of the poop. <laughs> and I was like, all right, we got to go. We got to go. Just, just keep walking. Keep just walking. keep going. Anyway, we're walking. We make it to the barn. Oh, no. The barn was maybe, maybe 100 yards away. There is a bathroom okay. in the barn. And I straight up away. could not, could not get to the bathroom. Oh, my God. It happened. It ha- right? It was like. It happened. That was. You I just actually can't make it. Number one top. Like, yeah. could not make it didn't lose my underwear because I was able to pull down my pants and like yeah. 
but you made it out. <laughs> I made it out, but he'll never let me live that down. Like he, I think he referenced it last week, and he was like, "Do you remember the poop pancake in Park City?" And I was like, "I'm never gonna forget that." Like it was. How could I forget the most traumatizing moment yeah, of my life? That is a core memory right there. Wow. Oh my gosh. Do you guys get the mouth sweats like when you start like cramping yeah. up, and it's like your mouth is just like watery? Yeah. It's like a core. You're- Symptom, yes. I think, when For I get sure. that. Yeah. So you know that I've, you know, every time I run and I don't train, it does not end well yes. for me. Um, <laughs> so Olivia and I have done multiple charity races at Disney World. And some of them I neglect to adequately train. <laughs> well, the first one, this was our first one, right? Where yeah. we were, yeah. Um, we both did not train for this. Yeah. Which, so this is like self-inflicted pain. Yeah. <laughs> I fucked up. You fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Um, We learned the hard way that you might need a modium for a race. But I had done a bunch of races before. But the fact that it happened to both of us simultaneously. So, okay, we're just going to get into it. We decided to run a—it's a 10K or 15K? It was 10, which, like, now in retrospect, we should easily be able to do that. But I think we were just so— We're, like, amped. You have to get up at, like, 2 a.m. So early. Yeah. It was a perfect storm, honestly. And usually, and I know this is like maybe, again, the kiss of death, but usually before a race, I drink coffee to make myself go before I run because I don't want to have like junk in my gut while I'm bouncing around. But with the Disney race in particular, it's so early that my body Mm -hmm. is physically not ready to shit. Not ready. (laughs) So instead of just like letting it go after one cup of coffee, I was like, guess I got to drink another one. Oh, no. That's where things started going downhill. I don't know how it affected you. Well, because you actually have, like, IBS. So I that's pooped three times before that race. Do you remember? I had to oh keep running God. to the porta-potties, and you were like, why can't I poop? And I was yeah. like, I don't know, but I, I gotta know. go again. So, like, you you had already, like, started. You were literally off to the races. Yes. My body was like, we're not awake yet. And I was like, this is not going to end well. Yeah, 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 Dominique, your colon was um, technically still sleeping. Yeah, sleepy colon. <laughs> like, sleeping beauty at Disney yes. World. <laughs> like, yes. Sleeping like, booty. <laughs> so, um, we're running this race, and I want to say around gosh maybe it was mile six like toward the end right Mm -hmm. um so the back half and oh dear we're both not feeling good i'm in so much pain i'm like almost waddle running (laughs) like a a fast walk because i'm like i'm in pain i can't do this here we need to just get through go to the end you were like crampy i was crampy but didn't think it was going to end how yeah neither of us could have anticipated the uh the outcome of this <laughs> the aftermath. <laughs> Tragic day. <laughs> the, the fuckery that ensued. <laughs> so RIP to the bathroom at the Animal Kingdom Lodge where we were staying uh, in our room. Uh, this is a true test of uh, friendship intimacy in which neither of us were able to wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to share a toilet back and forth. We were alternating <laughs> shitting on the toilet. This musical oh chairs. Probably, what, three hours? For, like, hours. Oh musical chairs geez. with one toilet. Like, oh, my gosh. So, like, we barely made it back to the to the hotel. You, we had to take you had to go to the, the lobby bathroom, remember? No, I don't oh remember because I blacked out with, yeah, like, just like, fear you, and shame. Yeah. We <laughs> oh made it. My yeah. God. We went, made it to the lobby bathroom. And For then, round one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even—I clearly do not remember that. Like, it was so close. It's, it's a blacked oh, out you memory. You made it to a bathroom. Yeah, yeah, true. shit in a stream. So. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't shit in a stream. I didn't lose the underwear this time around. But we did, like, literally <laughs> pants-free musical chairs. Door open. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yep. like, Please tell me you guys had poop potpourri. Please no, tell me you guys like, had poop we, <laughs> we had nothing. Honestly, like, I think we're just, nothing. like, so past that point in our friendship where yeah. it's, like— <laughs> Like, it the, is what it is. the door wasn't even closed. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, just like, we're just basically, like, naked, alternating toilet time. And then oh, uh, at one point, like, one of us was on the toilet, one of us was showering, and then alternated. Yep. Like, yep. Um, yeah, it's been, that it's is been some a true journey. friendship. That is, that is some true friendship, let Thank me tell yeah, you. Yeah, it really, you know, it brings you closer. It's really bonding. It's, the, really, the, that's really bonding at its core. The friends who have violent, explosive diarrhea together. <laughs> Stay together. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Wow, well, we're really just what a gift we're offering to society right now. <laughs> yes, I wow. mean, let us talk about our poop. Come on, yes. this is good stuff. And then I'm gonna go back to pretending I'm like 
Sailor Moon Powerpuff Girl, like everything is fine exactly. in rainbows. Like, <laughs> yes. I love Powerpuff Girls, by the way. They're yes. the best. So do I. I can't wait for the live action. Oh, my gosh. So exciting. I know. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I have a feeling that we've probably worn out our stay with some of these listeners. <laughs> yeah, probably like, I was done after the... After the hot chicken <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> the hot chicken story was enough. Come on, Nashville hot chicken. Come yeah, on, guys. I, but I also, get it, like, I get it. like, not, I, I want to be clear that I'm not laughing at anyone's pain, but these stories are hilarious. No, so, hilarious. <laughs> you can, listen, like I said, don't let your disease, whether it's IBS or IBD or any chronic illness for that matter, yeah. be you know, cripple you or be a victim to it. Um, you can turn around and make it your superpower. I'm an example. I'm an, I am a living example of that. Was it easy? No, but you know what? There's one thing that my father, um, instilled in me was, you know, as long as you smile, the world will smile back at you and come on, let's laugh more together. Um, I think the world needs that and, um, we'll get through, we can get through anything. If you can share a poop story on, um, a podcast and, (laughs) have no fear you can do anything in this world yes amen (laughs) amen sister (laughs) here for it that was such a perfect place to just wrap it up seriously susan dr case olivia you're both treasures thank you for sharing (laughs) your poopy stories (laughs) i actually i think this is going to help people so thank you i think so too absolutely i'd love to do this again in the future let's talk about poop next time ladies let's do (laughs) it it. okay thanks you guys thanks tom all right well if you've made it this far congratulations i never thought i'd be telling stories like this publicly but it's a sacrifice to my image that i am willing to make a sacred privilege to shepherd women into a place of freedom and liberation from the shackles of the girls don't poop myth. In the words of Japanese children's book writer Taro Gomi, everyone poops. If you're ready to be done with this conversation and eager to move on to a new topic, get excited. Or should I say, take a deep breath. We've got a guided breathwork session ready for you along with some intel on how simply breathing, deeply of course, can impact your health. Inhale, exhale. We'll see you next week. Abienzo. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of This Is Fine. I've been your host, Dominique Michelle Astorino. We're based in San Diego, recording in studio at DLI Productions in Pacific Beach with Emmy Award-winning sound designer Dan De La Isla. This is a comedy and advice podcast, but for legal reasons, this entire podcast is a joke and none of it is medical advice. To download the transcript or learn more, visit thisisfinepodcast.com. 